thing we have to fear. The economic health of this nation has been. There are been. four essential economic freedoms. The excessive decline. Read. In the dollar. More it's a late rally on Wall Street. Too big to fail. Growing the economy. Growing the economy. It's amazing what's been going on with the economy. Welcome. Welcome. This is Money Talks. Money Talks. Good morning. What up, fam? You're listening to Money Talks, Atlanta's longest-running, most respected money show on the radio. I am Troy Harmon, the new hip, cool, lit, woke. I mean, what what else could you call me? Uh, KC. I'm telling Grand, you. Grandpa Millennial. That's me. Yeah. <laughs> KC Smith with me. Uh, KC's a CFP and a... Is that it? That's it. SEPA. SEPA, that's right. Yeah, I knew there was something else. That's right. And we have uh, Michael Griffin, who's also a CFP, and uh, and then just me. You don't have any, any letters behind well, your yeah, name, Yeah, I'm a CFA charter holder, and uh, I also hold the CVA designation, which is uh, about business valuation. Works well with a SEPA. Sure does. Um, a lot of folks, you know, especially these days with uh, so many... Um, baby boomers looking to exit the the uh, workforce. A lot of them business owners um, looking for a way. And that SEPA is Certified Exit Planning Advisor. That's right. Uh, so uh, you got a guy in KC who can talk about preparing your business for sale, and uh, and uh, I can do the valuation. That's right. Part of that is bringing in somebody like Troy to figure out what the business is worth. There you go. What it's really worth, That's not right. what you think it might be worth. Oh yeah. Well. You know, as often as that is, uh, nobody wants to call their baby ugly. <laughs> no, they uh, don't. And uh, that's usually what you run into—a little bit of a, an opinion about. Well, it depends on you know what side of the equation you're on. If you're looking to sell it, it's the most beautiful thing ever. Mm-hmm. But if you're the buyer, oh, I'll show you all the, the warts and wrinkles. That's it, warts well, and all. That's right. Anyway, um, looking at the market this week, uh, had one of those. Occasions where the market is down 1.37% this week. Um, Haven't seen that too often this year. No. Year to date, we're up almost 10%, 9.94 even after the decline. Industrials leading the way, 15.28%. Way in the basement, healthcare, 3.6%. It's one of the few times you see healthcare uh, not at least in the middle of the pack. Yeah. Um, there's so much inflation in healthcare. I think everybody is. Felt that in the wallet. If uh, if you can afford even to have health care, um, you know the price goes up higher than most every other thing in your basket of goods. Uh, you know when you talk about inflation in health care, it's been somewhere in the level of about five and a half, five point seven percent annually over long periods of time. The only other thing that gets anywhere close to it, education, about three and a half percent. And right now we got inflation on the overall basket of goods according to CPI. Consumer price index uh, about 1.6 percent. So, yeah. um, just to give you a little bit of an indication there about healthcare prices, um, while they're positive, they are in the basement this year, uh, 3.6 percent. Consumer staples up 6.52 next to the basement. Look on the other end, as I said, industrials up over 15 percent. Energy 13.8 percent, and uh, you know that's a managed uh, sector if I've ever seen one. It, it's all. Um, gets its cues, or pricing at least, by uh, crude oil, and crude oil gets its cues from the supply. Our favorite and cartel. Yeah, yeah, no, it's a, a legal cartel, global-based uh, OPEC, and um, 
you uh, pretty much take whatever they give you, and they control it all with their supply to the market. Yeah, I guess with uh, something that's been in the news here recently with the Bakken shale kind of coming back into the fold. Is right. Some, uh, you know, I guess energy prices have gotten to the point where that's attractive again uh, right. to, to start back up with some, some of the fracking. How, how is that impacting the, the over, overall price? What do they think the supply? I mean, obviously that's going to increase the supply. It which, would, yeah. Which would uh, decrease price. Would, would, have, would limit a little bit of what OPEC's able to do in terms of controlling the Right. The price. Well, yeah. what you saw in 2014 to 2016, the significant decline in the, in the price of crude oil was uh, an oversupply intentionally targeting that uh, shale oil that you're talking about, right. the, the fracking uh, that we saw in western North Dakota. Um, you ever been there, KC, by the way? Can't say that I have. Yeah. I've, I've been through western North Dakota, spent a lot of time in eastern North Dakota, the flat territory um, where there's really no oil or anything else. Uh, I don't know if, if I, sugar I would beets. know the difference if, between east and west if you were to put me there. Uh, oh, you would notice. You. There's you hills in the west, and okay. there's absolutely no hills and very few trees other than those that have been planted by humans. Mm-hmm. Uh, almost all of the rivers in that area and points north uh, flow from south to north, which is really bizarre and causes problems in the wintertime. But hmm. uh, that has absolutely nothing to do with the financial uh, <laughs> things that we usually focus on. No, it doesn't, Troy. And every time you talk about North Dakota, it makes me really not want to go visit. Yeah, you know, I had a great time when I lived there for, you know, a little more than three years um, when I was in the Air Force a long time ago. Um, but uh, you definitely have to look to see the beauty. you got to look close to see the beauty of North <laughs> Dakota. There's a lot of folks that... Uh, Settled there, uh, most of them from uh, uh, of Norwegian accent or of, uh, Norwegian descent. descent. What yeah. am I trying to say? Accent, descent. Yeah, it's close enough, I guess, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Don't make me try to do a Norwegian accent. Please don't. Uh, yeah. Please don't. I, I, I won't. I'll embarrass well, myself. Your name's not Oli or Lena, and that's usually what the kind of names you run into <laughs> there. Uh, nobody would believe a KC ever came from Norway. So, mm, anyway. well, true. Yeah, so you you got to pass on that. All right. Um, so uh, in the week, while the market has been down 1.37 percent, in the basement is industrials, who are again our uh, year-to-date leader. You would expect usually if it's flying high overall, yeah, it gets kicked around a little bit depending on valuation. Um, financials were a close second, negative 2.3 percent, uh, 2.36 percent on the week. Uh, utilities the big winner. Usually when utilities, real estate, uh, those kind of stocks are winning, uh, you can expect that the market was probably negative and uh, interest rates likely fell in the offing. So um, interest rates down, prices up, right? That's right. And, Speaking uh, of interest rates, where, where are we at on the yield curve, Troy? Uh, we're still, we got that weird belly in the yield curve. At one point during the week, early in the week, um, I saw the the, uh, the one year and the seven year actually at parity, meaning same yield. Yeah. Uh, that corrected itself relatively quick, um, but you still see. I mean, all I have in front of me here is a 2.49% yield on the two year, 2.466 on the five year. That's still showing you uh, shorter term maturities are are higher than some that are a little bit longer. But that two and ten spread uh, that we've been watching for still at about 
what, 17? And you're seeing the points. two is slightly higher than the five, it looks like, 2.49 yeah, yeah. versus 2.46. So, right, yep. Um, and I, I guess you guys have talked about it on the radio. I haven't been on the show in a while, but the fact that just because we don't have an inverted yield curve doesn't mean that we will not go into a recession, right? I mean, That's correct. Those yeah. are things aren't – you don't necessarily have to have a yield curve inversion, although we have had it in every recession since, what, 1960-something? Yeah, earlier than that. But, yeah, it's like the last 10 recessions okay. have been uh, predictable. If you look at the 10 versus two-year uh, Treasury yeah. yield um, – the thing that we have been watching, and I, I know we had Jacob Keen on uh, a few weeks ago, <clears throat> he uh, made the point that as we have seen yields decline, and they've declined significantly since, you know, in the last 30 years for sure, mm-hmm. um, these two versus 10 inversions that we've seen have gotten smaller and smaller in size. So, you know, the first, some of the first ones were in the, on the order of 2.4%. The last one we had was 0.16%. So uh, yields have fallen. Uh, last recession we had, um, the time we saw the inversion in the yield curve, similar to what we have now, was about June of 2006, uh, which was about... It makes me feel good. Yeah. It was about 16 <laughs> months, I think, before we saw the market actually um, top. Right. Uh, so financial markets and... Economic conditions are not in lockstep, obviously. You look for economic conditions to kind of forecast what's going to happen next in the financial markets. But um, what we did see was about a 16-month period before the market topped. And then we didn't see uh, official recession until late in 2008, so about, um, you know, about 12 months longer until we saw true recession. Right. But, Troy, um, even if we go into a recession here, I mean, we're not thinking it'd be anything like 08 was. Yeah, I don't see near the near the um, bubble that you could identify. Even, you know, a lot of folks were, were screaming. There's a lot of folks that actually call for recessions more frequently than we have them. I think that's one of Dr. Gene's favorite sayings. He's He's been the... Uh, He's been the, you know, he'll talk about somebody that does that quite frequently. He's been the forecaster of 10 of the last two recessions. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and that's uh, that's not uncommon that you see some people are kind of stuck on bare, uh, meaning that they're stuck on, you know, neg- the negative data in the market. But I, I see, you know, it, I see it difficult to improve certain things from here. Mm-hmm. And I also see some weakness starting to show up. You even see companies that are kind of, weakening guidance, meaning their growth is going to slow. Um, even the managers that are running these companies are, are doing that. But at the same time, strangely enough, they're also buying their own shares back. I don't know how in the world that makes sense if you just listen to to a little bit of uh, philosophy that's been poured out over financial markets in the yeah. last 30 years. I wanted to back up a step. We usually cover some of this economic information in our first segment, but um, there's enough of it to cover here, and we didn't get to it then. So let's talk a little about manufacturing index. Uh, this is highly correlated with uh, GDP growth, and um, our number from February is lower than the January. So another one of those indications that we might be slowing a bit. Uh, it was the weather, Troy. The weather. Blame it's, it on the weather. Usually we blame January on the weather, but if you want to blame February on the weather, it was really rainy around here, but I don't think everybody in the country got the same uh, situation. Well, good for them. 
because it's been horrible here. Yeah. <laughs> there you go, Michael. Uh, <laughs> not that he's bitter from about the heart. anything. But... Not, not that yeah. I'm bitter about all the rain at yeah. all. Well, you know, <laughs> to each life, a little rain must fall. Um, so January, we got 56.6. February's number, 54.2. Still above that 50 line, which uh, indicates expansion. Uh, it's growing just by a slower pace. Um, uncertainty in steel prices due to tariffs. Uh, were cited as as uh, one of the contributing factors to lower activity, um, and and that's probably going to be the story for a while. Even if it's not the truth, it's the easiest one to for for some of these economists to tell us. Um, personal income: we saw a previous surge of one percent in December. Um, wages and salaries, which make up the the largest component of the financial of of this uh, particular personal income index, rose 0.3 percent in January. Uh, following a 0.5% increase in December, so we're still expanding in that regard. Um, you know, the the information is late. A lot of these are late because we had a government shutdown in January and part of February that uh, that that drove these to be reported later than normal. So there you have that. Um, it doesn't appear that that's really causing having a whole lot of impact on these. I mean, although the numbers are late, the actual numbers aren't. Nope. Impacted all that greatly by the, the government shutdown, yeah, GDP and any of that? We've talked about that. It, you, you don't want too many government shutdowns because people start figuring out that we don't really need <laughs> yeah. them as much as they that's think right. we might. So, um, that's why I don't take many two-week vacations. I'll figure out they don't need me anymore. Yeah, well, I mean, there's always <laughs> that. Uh, yeah. Just how useful were you again? <laughs> I mean, um, when we say that, but, you know, the people who were actually affected by this, you know, they... No, you're right. It, it was a huge impact on a lot of folks. And but yeah. what is it? More than 50% of the population works for the government. Many of those are school teachers and folks like that. And they weren't out of school. They don't all work for the federal government, right. which is where the shutdown was. But uh, you're absolutely right, Michael. Uh, while we can laugh about it, there are some who probably would not appreciate our laughter. Certainly. Um, yeah, so uh, Consumer Sentiment Survey, this is one that we watch pretty closely. Uh, Michigan University of Michigan uh, puts this out, rose by 2.6 points to 93.8 in February, uh, still under the December level of 98.3. Um, as I've talked about before, current conditions have been stronger than expectations for the future, and that was still the case here. Um, ISM non-manufacturing, so this is the services index, um, jumped up to 59.7 in February, uh, 3.2 point increase from the January number of 56.7. Um, pretty much across the board in increases, but they're not huge. Um, skipping down the page a little bit, mortgage application survey um, was uh, a bit of a, de- a decrease. Top line market decreasing by 2.5. Purchases fell 11.4 percent of the path over the past four weeks, and refinancing was also down two percent. So, not much good news there. Um, Beige Book showed uh, all 12 districts across the U.S. for the Fed news uh, were flat to moderate. So, um, you know, we're still still seeing uh, nothing to really write home about there. Jobless claims, uh, believe it or not, the employment situation is still the strong point. Of almost everything in the economy, uh, moving average, the four-week moving average, which is what we watch. This is released every week, but I like to look at the longer-term 
uh, indicator uh, fell by 3,000 to 226,250. So uh, when you got unemployment claims still declining, it's uh, amazing. Three point what seven? We're, we're going to zero. I think yeah. Everybody's going to have a job. Un, uh, yeah, you, you might actually. The government's going to make you have two jobs. Two jobs. Yeah. Why, why don't we just? We do talked that? about that at lunch today. Is that going? We, does that mean did. you'd be a negative unemployment? Yeah. If you, if everybody had two jobs, then yeah, yeah maybe so. <laughs> All right. I don't. Uh, we'll see if we get there. I don't foresee that being the case. But no. hey, you never know. No. No, Michael. Mike, That's not going to happen. Michael's jobbed out. He's uh, he's saying <laughs> one job is too many for him. <laughs> All right, well, let's take a real quick break. You're listening to Money Talks. When we come back, we'll have a dog of the week and uh, answer some financial questions for you. Stick around. All material presented is compiled from sources believed to be reliable and current, but accuracy cannot be guaranteed. The contents are intended for general information purposes only. Information provided should not be the sole basis in making any decisions and is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified professional, such as a tax consultant, insurance advisor, or attorney. Although this material is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with respect to the subject matter, it may not apply in all situations. This is not to be construed as an offer to buy or sell any financial instruments. It is not our intention to state, indicate, or imply in any manner that current or past results are indicative of future profitability or expectations. Portfolio holdings discussed are subject to change. There is no guarantee that in the future these securities will be held in Hensler accounts. As with all investments, there are associated inherent risks. Please obtain and review all financial material carefully before investing. Hensler is not licensed to offer or sell insurance products. This overview is not to be construed as an offer to purchase any insurance products.